Section 15 of Birds and Nature, Volume 9, Number 2, February 1901. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Tavarish. The Gila Monster. Heloderma Suspectum. The reptile fauna of the North American continent includes a curious lizard known as Gila Monster, in science called Heloderma. It represents a family all to itself with only two species, Heloderma horridum and Heloderma suspectum. Francisco Hernandez, a Spanish physician and naturalist, was the first to know of its existence when he found it in Mexico in the year 1651. In an account of his explorations he mentions a lizard three feet long, with a thick-set body, covered with wart-like skin, gaudily colored in orange and black, and generally of such horrid appearance that Wigman, another scientist, two hundred years later, called it Heloderma horridum. For a long time this name was given indiscriminately to all lizards of this kind living either south or north of the boundary line of Mexico and the United States, till Professor Cope discovered a difference between them and called the variety found in our southwestern territories and states Heloderma suspectum. Many other naturalists have since taken up the study of this interesting reptile. The result of their observations and experiments was that they all agree in acknowledging the Heloderma as the only poisonous lizard in existence, although their opinions are at variance as to the effect of its venom on the human system. Dr. Van Denburg, in his latest researches, has found two glands, one on each side of the lower jaw, located between the skin and the bone. Such a venom-producing gland, being taken out of its enveloping membrane, proves to be not a single body, but an agglomeration of several small ones, differing in size and each emptying through a separate duct. These glands are not directly communicated to the teeth. When the animal is highly irritated, caused by constant teasing, or rough handling, or by being trodden upon, the poison is emitted by the glands, gathers in the floor of the mouth, where it mixes with the saliva and is transmitted through the bite. A heloderma has no fangs, but a goodly number of sharp-pointed teeth, both on the upper and lower jaws. They are curved backward and about an eighth of an inch long, or even less than that. The principal characteristic of these teeth is that they are grooved, facilitating thus the flow of the venom into the wound. It bites with an extremely swift dash, directed sideways, and holds on tenaciously to whatever is seized with its powerful jaws. Sumichrast says, when the reptile bites, it throws itself on its back, but none of the later naturalists makes mention of this peculiarity. The venom of the Gila monster injected into the veins and arteries of smaller animals as rats, cavies, and rabbits, and into the breast of pigeons and chickens, causes death within twenty seconds to seven minutes. Brehm relates that a young Heloderma, 
and in poor physical condition besides, was induced to bite the leg of a large well-fed cat, which did not die, but gave signs of prolonged terrible sufferings. It became dull and emaciated, and never regained its former good spirits. Among several cases of Gila monster bites inflicted on human beings can be quoted that of Dr. Schufeld, who, in The American Naturalist, gave an interesting account of the sensation he experienced. It is sufficient to say that the pain starting from a wound on the right thumb went like an electric shock through the whole body and was so severe as to cause the victim to faint. Immediate treatment prevented more serious consequences. The doctor, nevertheless, was a very sick man for several days and began to recover only after a week had elapsed. The constituents of the venom are as yet not thoroughly known, but it is said to be of an alkaline nature, the opposite of snake poison, which is acid. It acts upon the heart, the spine, and the nerve centers and causes paralysis. Other scientists claim the saliva of the heloderma is poisonous only in certain cases and under certain circumstances. It may also depend upon the physical condition of the victim at the time the venom enters into the system. Yet there is little doubt that if help is not at hand immediately, the bite may prove fatal. The Apaches stand in dire fear of this animal, so that at least with their older people no amount of money seems tempting enough to make them go near it, much less to capture one. A former resident of the territories says both Indians and Mexicans believe firmly that if a Gila monster only breathes in your face, it is quite sufficient to cause immediate death. On an old Indian trail, a good day's journey west from the present site of Phoenix can be found crudely outlined on the face of a rock the picture of two helodermas pursuing a man who runs to save his life. Numerous hieroglyphic inscriptions tell probably the story of the event and prove not only the prehistoric origin of this primitive piece of art, but also the erroneous ideas which were prevalent in these remote times, for the reptile never attacks and never pursues. It is safe to say that the animal has been vastly misrepresented at all ages. Nature has kindly provided the heloderma with a compensation for its partially undeserved bad reputation in giving it beauty. For whosoever looks upon a fine specimen with unprejudiced eyes cannot fail to admire at least the combination of its colors and especially the odd, capriciously disposed markings. The delicately tinted skin, studded in transverse rows with shiny tubercles, like so many beads on strings. The illustration to this paper is so excellently made that scarcely any description is necessary as to the animal's exterior in color and markings. This heloderma is a little over 19 inches in length by 10 inches in circumference of the body and 5 inches at the thickest part of the tail, which makes one-third of the total length of the body. When such a reptile grows to the size of 18 inches, it is called adult. Those growing beyond these figures are usually large specimens, 
and in very rare instances the species of our illustration reaches the extraordinary length of two feet an adult gila monster weighs about two or three pounds and in winter less than in summer the four short and stubby legs seem quite out of proportion to the massive body much more so as the two pairs are widely separated lengthwise of the body when walking the body is elevated while in rest it lies flat on the ground each foot is provided with five digits armed with curved white claws the skin has generally the appearance as if covered with rows of uniform beads but on closer examination these beads or more correctly tubercles prove to have different shapes and are differently set according to the part of the body which they cover on the head from the nose up to between the eyes they are flat irregularly cut closely joined and adhere completely to the skull those following form polygonal eminences each one separated from the other by a circle of tiny dermal granulations while behind the eyes on both sides of the head they are larger semispherical and stand far apart the throat and the nape of the neck are studded with very closely set small tubercles increasing in size only above the forelegs whence they extend in well-defined transverse rows along the whole upper side of the body and the tail the underside of the latter and the abdomen are covered with tessellated scales of a light brown and dull yellow color arranged in another handsome pattern a heloderma's head with its triangular shape is very like that of a venomous snake it gives the animal especially when it is raised in anger a truly awe-inspiring appearance the wide cleft mouth reaches far behind the eyes these are very small and like all lizards provided with eyelids that close when the animal sleeps the eye itself has a dark brown iris with the round pupil that indicates diurnal or at least semi-nocturnal habits between the nostrils well in front of the blunt nose is a wide space the nostrils are so far down as to nearly touch the margin of the supralabial scales this position denotes terrestrial habits in reptiles rather than an all aquatic life for to most of them water is indispensable to their welfare thus the gila monster shows this structure as it likes to bathe in shallow water often for many hours at a time the crescent-shaped openings of the ears are situated not far from the edge of the mouth between the head and the neck and are partly concealed and also protected by the overlapping gula fold the tympanum is exposed the animal sees and hears well the remaining three senses are more or less concentrated in the tongue which is one of the most remarkable features of the heloderma it is slightly forked at the tips half an inch wide and two to three inches long it is dark reddish brown with a shade of purple when in rest it is drawn together into a small conical shaped mass scarcely an inch in length 
but as soon as something disturbs the usual quietude of the animal the tongue is thrown out immediately in fact it is used for smelling tasting feeling it is used for measuring depth and distance for expressing desire and satisfaction and with what rapidity is this instrument of communication projected and retracted a gila monster may be trusted to some extent as long as the tongue is freely used but if that is not the case it is wise to be careful in handling it fear and hostility are expressed by deep long-drawn hisses by opening the mouth to its fullest extent and by quick jerks of the head from one side to the other at the present time these reptiles are not so very common ever prevailing superstition among the ignorant and exaggerated bad reputation have brought on a relentless war of extermination against them so that now in the neighborhood of settlements they are seen seldom if ever their centre of distribution is more and more confined to the region along the banks of the gila river in arizona although less frequently they may still be found as far west as the mojave desert in california but those are wrong who believe that the heloderma is living only in the most arid portions of the southwest there are several reasons why the reptile seeks eagerly irrigated places which are productive of some vegetation for it needs water food and shady hiding places in the middle of summer when even the largest streams are dried up the gila monster retires to some burrow abandoned by another animal or to deep crevices in the rocks and spends there in a torpid state several weeks until the great rainfalls relieve the country give fresh plant life and fill again the barren riverbeds this is the animal's summer retreat during the course of a year it takes a second and longer one the regular hibernation that lasts about from november to the middle of february when it resumes its outside life again it loves to bask in the still mild rays of the sun but as soon as the heat increases the gila monster seeks shelter for the day behind stones and boulders under clumps of cacti and in small mesquite groves along the river banks it roams about only after sunset or early in the morning the idea that this lizard enjoys the quivering heat on an open arizona plain while other sun and heat loving reptiles keep in hiding is as erroneous as many others nothing is so absolutely fatal to the heloderma as to be exposed only for half an hour to the direct rays of the sun in midsummer another reason why it prefers to live in the neighborhood of streams where plant life is more abundant explains itself by the necessity to provide for food whoever has an opportunity to observe reptiles in confinement for an extended period of time can easily draw conclusions as to their mode of living in freedom a captive gila monster is fed on hen's eggs in summer one each week in winter one every two or three weeks it refuses every other kind of food however temptingly it may be offered such as mice frogs 
angleworms, mealworms, and the like. It is more than probable that in their wild state they live on a similar diet, consisting then of eggs of other lizards, of turtles, and of birds. The animal has the reputation of being destructive to the Arizona quail. Several writers of natural history add to this a diet of insects, but the embarrassed locomotion of the Hiloderma seems to exclude flying and fast-running prey. Nearly all reptiles which feed on eggs climb, as do some snakes, and as does the slow and clumsy Gila monster. They are not able to ascend high and straight trees, which, however, are not found in these regions, but they are able to climb bushes and low trees having somewhat leaning trunks and rough bark. And it is wonderful to see how cleverly it disposes of the sharp claws and the muscular, half-prehensile tail, both in dragging itself up and in retarding an often too rapid descent. The inquiry may be made, how is it possible that a Hiloderma lives on eggs alone when it can find them only during the relatively short time of five or six months? First, it may be remembered that this period corresponds nearly to the active life of the animal before and after estivation. The second and more important reason is its remarkable frugality. The digestive organs are so constructed that they adapt themselves to a fast of many months without injury to the animal. In captivity, the Gila monster begins to slough about January and continues this process during several months. The epidermis comes off not like a snake's in a whole piece, but in several or more frequently in many fragments. There is still a wide field open for accurate observation and definite knowledge that we relinquish to the professional naturalist and to those fortunate ones who can study the animal in freedom. Amelia Walson End of section 15